Hello all and welcome to this, the first episode of the Mo and Friends Sports Podcast. My name is Mo and I'll be joined every week by one of my friends to chat about the week's sports news. And joining me this evening for our inaugural episode is a very good friend of mine and Tom Brady Tragic, uh, Jensen. How you going, mate? Hey, good, good. Thank you. Um, good to be here, especially for the inaugural episode. Uh, it's an honour. Uh, has been of mine to obviously be your friend for such an extended period. Uh, not too keen about the Tom Brady tragic uh, <laughs> comments. I mean, I'd say I'd say quite fortuitous on my part uh, in, the, in recent years. So uh, you know, I'll, 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 I'll take that. But uh, feeling good, feeling good after today's events. I, I bet you are, and, and we'll get to them in a little bit. So just before we get going. And um, this will be a bit of a Mo and Friends uh, tradition, I guess. Every time we have a new guest on, I'm going to ask you a couple of couple of questions. First is what your favourite sporting moment is, and the second, what your sporting claim to fame is. Oh, absolutely! Uh, happy to answer that. Uh, I I think you did mention something like that previously. I had a bit bit of a think about it. And it's it's pretty tough. Uh, I've got two or three uh, favourite sporting moments. Uh, obviously, you and I are both Manchester United fans. Uh, yeah. So the treble win in '99 was uh, was amazing. Uh, I was a bit young then, um, so yeah, that probably goes second or third. Second would probably be the 2009 Geelong Grand Final AFL, of course. Uh, that was our redemption year. We Indeed. won against St Kilda. Mm-hmm. That was really good for us. But in recent times, I'd say my number one, number one sporting, favourite sporting moment would be the 2016 Super Bowl, <laughs> where the New England Patriots came back from a 3-28 to 28 deficit very late in the third quarter. I would, I would dare say fourth quarter. Uh, tied it. During regulation time, sent it to overtime, and Tom Brady pulled off the most miraculous comeback that will ever stand in any ball sport ever, I would say. Be cool. That is my favourite moment. Um, that that, was, that a, was my favourite moment. That was a great Super Bowl to watch, definitely. And, you know, so you've, you've pretty much declared all your allegiances three minutes into the first podcast, right? So people know you're a Man United fan, you're a Geelong Cats fan, and that you're a New England Patriots fan. Some, yeah, absolutely. Some, some I mean, might call bandwagon on you. What, what would you say to that? Uh, I would say those people need to uh, need to lighten up and you know stop stop putting so much weight on other people's allegiances. I mean, I myself, you know, whilst the timing of my support of the Patriots was you'd say sort of bandwagon-ish. I mean, I, I, I first um, first watched them in about 2009, 2010. So, you know, still very much in their prime. Uh, I've done my research though, Mo. I can back it up with stats. I can back it up with team history. You know, I know the last quarterback to have uh, started before Tom Brady, obviously Drew Bledsoe, <laughs> went out with an injury. And Tom Brady, the story went, Tom Brady literally said in the locker room after that, there's no effing way he's getting his job back. And 
you know what? Wow. Stood the, uh, stood the test of time. 18 years later, he never got his job back. And, and you know Tom what? Tom Brady, for, like, ever since. For those who maybe don't know and you know I'm not as you know I'm not the biggest um, Patriots fan um, for a number of reasons which I'm sure we'll get to as we go along but Tom Brady was the 199th pick in the draft right he absolutely very very late pick and I guess this is a pretty good segue to our topic for for this evening well for most most of our chat today will be about the conference championships that were played this morning Australian time and and in the evening yesterday US time and I guess because um your team made it we'll talk the AFC championship first and, yeah absolutely happy uh, to do it you know so obviously New England Patriots played Kansas City Chiefs in Kansas City and you know Tom Brady did what Tom Brady does and they've made it now to three straight Super Bowls coming out winners you know 37 to 31 touchdown in overtime and the legend continues to grow. It's amazing. I mean, you, you summed it up. It's uh, basically when it got to fourth quarter, you know, you always knew the Kansas City Chiefs were going to make a run. They were going to hit the lead at some point. It turned out, you know, Tom Brady had two minutes left with three timeouts and a two-minute warning. So there's a few clock, clock management, time management issues on Kansas City. Kansas City's part there that, you know, they could have dwindled, maybe try to dwindle the clock down a bit further, put the pressure on Tom Brady a bit more. But yeah, two minutes for a game-tying drive or game-winning drive, you don't want anyone else but Tom Brady. And I know I'm being subjective there, but I mean, I mean, you ask around and deep, yeah, everybody knows deep in their heart that Tom Brady is the most clutch quarterback. He's proven it time and time again, I'd say. And, and you know, like, um, yeah. if you look at the sort of the stats on face value and, you know, at a, at a first glance, you take it, you go, okay, wait a second. He threw for one touchdown, had two interceptions, right? They had four rushing touchdowns, but what we've got to take into account is he threw for nearly 350 yards, completed 30 or 46, and, you know, and we'll talk about why I think he's successful in a second, or at least has been successful towards the latter end of his career. But he put them them in the positions to be able to run the ball pretty much from the one or two yard line every time, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I I agree. But, you know, the the whole game in and of itself... You'd have to say it's, I mean, the cliche has been used time and time again. I hate to do it again, but it was basically the unstoppable force meets the immovable object, which (laughs) is basically Kansas City's like blitzkrieg offense being the unstoppable force and, you know, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick's unwillingness to sort of pass the baton being the immovable object in the AFC. So, yeah, it was just such a great, great game to watch. With the stats as well, I mean, if you're looking at it on face value, uh, Kansas City were very efficient with their possession. I mean, for 290 yards, they scored. They scored how many touchdowns? They, like it, it. It was just like what, close to five touchdowns yeah, or had, no, had, four yeah. touchdowns. Yeah, they had four touchdowns, um, and you know, and no running game. I think that's key, right? So we're talking 12 carries for for 41 yards, and I think. This is where not having Kareem Hunt sort of shows and, and, you know, obviously Kareem Hunt got released by the team earlier in the season for sort of Mm -hmm. lying or keeping information or, you know, misleading them 
over an incident that happened earlier and as a result they released him and you know no one thought much of it you know just they kept winning and things kept humming along but you know when you're talking AFC championship cold weather football even though the weather was a bit better than than they expected uh still the fact that you couldn't get any rushing out of out of your backfield like you're talking 12 carries for 40 yards yeah other side of the ball 48 carries for 176 and one of the absolute finds of the season Sonny Michel 29 carries for 113 yards just absolutely killed it and I yeah. think that was one yeah. of the I biggest, mean, was, biggest differences yeah. in the game I mean he uh, he's uh, yeah he was one of the top one of the top running back prospects going into last year's draft. And it's, uh, it's quite a surprise that Bill Belichick, especially the Patriots, given their history, would pick somebody up in the first round. I know we had two first-round picks, late first round, but uncharacteristic of him to do so. But it really goes to show that they really want to maximise Tom Brady's time mm-hmm. or whatever time he's got left picking that guy up. Mind you, I mean, the rushing game on face value says that, you know, the Patriots owned it, which I think in most regards we did. Uh, especially when it came down to the red zone. You know, we obviously rushed for, I think it was over three three touchdowns. But, yeah, uh, there were a lot of ebbs and flows with our rushing game. I mean, Sonny Michel in the first half, he, he was amazing. He'd run for like a 15-yard carry here, you know, eight-yard carry there to set up like uh, third and short, uh, second and short, get first downs and whatnot. But in the second half, I mean, he was less efficient. It was more so the more so the jump cut runs, and he'd get stopped at the line. It'd be like maybe two yard two yard carries, you know, up until the fourth quarter, where Tom Brady, uh, Josh McDaniels, basically schemed him to success, and you know, it was very effective there. But the yeah, overall, yeah, definitely, uh, New England just owned the rushing game. And yeah, you're right, Kareem Hunt. Or a tragic story there, but I mean, the Patriots were without were uh, not without their own tragic story in Josh Gordon, our uh, super oh, our our deep threat, you know, that we picked up uh, earlier in the season, and unfortunately, you know, due to his own health complications and substance abuse, he had to be uh, he had to be dropped very late in the season before the playoffs kicked off. No, absolutely, and I think you know that was part of the risk of picking up Josh Gordon. But I think, you know, everyone thought if anyone's going to not, you know, give him the best environment to be able to succeed, it was New England. And if it wasn't going to happen in New England, it, it really wasn't going to happen anywhere. So that that was very sad. So definitely there, but I guess, if, you know, I, as important as he was as a deep threat, and I think him and Brady were starting to build a bit of a connection down the field. You know, obviously Kareem, Kareem Hunt, has been a big part of, of what the Chiefs um, have done offensively for a long time. And so, you know, I think they thought they, they didn't miss him. They, you know, didn't miss a beat. They kept winning. Things were going well. But I think it's it's sort of these games where you need your superstars. But, you know, yeah, it, it is what it is. You know, and another side note, and I think a big shout out needs to go to the um, New England offensive line, who I think oh. probably one of them, you know, if not the main reason that, New England won and the, the protection they gave Brady. Oh. So he, he, there were zero sacks on, on Tom Brady, right? He hardly got pressured all game. And if you're yeah. giving Tom Brady, you know, more than two and a half seconds to release the ball and you don't stop 
um, you know, the route running of Gronk or Edelman, who Gronk, you know, who's been having a slow year, had I think six catches for 79 yards or something like that today. So really yeah. came up big on a couple of third downs as well. And so you give him a clean pocket, zero sacks for the whole game, no pressure. You don't take away the running yeah. game of Sonny Michel, you know, White, Burkhead, I think, and, and the rest of them. And you let him throw for 350 yards. I mean, to be honest, I'm a bit surprised <laughs> they actually took it to overtime <laughs> when, you, when you look at it from, yeah. from that perspective, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, to your point, uh, that's a credit to Mahomes. Like, he's amazingly efficient in terms of, you know, escaping the pocket, the collapsed pocket, and just escaping a tackle a couple of times there when um, Van Noy, who sacked him a few times, he had mm-hmm. the most sacks on him, but missed him late late into the fourth and third and Hightower who you know tried escaped escaped his guard escaped his uh, tackles and you know all, had a shot at him but he would just slip out and you know find find receivers whether it be Kelsey or uh, I think he had one of the Williams you know when he escaped for I can't remember it was fourth and it was the fourth quarter and it was uh, I think it was uh, second and long or third and long and yeah, he escaped, um, converted for the first down, and you know he 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 came back in the second half, started the second half. I think he got gifted a few penalties, which must have calmed his nerves down. <laughs> it's always hard your first set of downs, you know, going into the second half. Being a rookie quarterback, you're down 14 points. Yeah, he's amazing, but still, it must be some sort of pressure under him. And you know that probably calmed his nerves. And before you know it, Hill Hill went down. As a deep threat, he, he he did a what do you call it? He did a, he did a cutting out. I, I can't remember. He did a double yeah, move on. Pretty much his only reception, was, um, right? For the for the whole game, yeah. Like, he was only targeted three well, times. Yeah, forty two yard reception. But, but it was a, yeah, it was a forty something. Yeah, 42, 45 yard uh, reception. It set up set up the first set up the first touchdown to Kelsey, who you know they loaded one side and basically had. Had Kelsey motion through, and then he slanted into the, the end zone. And Mahomes, like to his credit, just threw a ball that only Kelsey could have made a yeah. play at. And great, great, yeah, he just I mean, caught it. And, he's um, oh. there was one I think when Van Noy was actually pressuring him, and I don't know if you've been watching the Chiefs a lot this season, but he's got this sort of sidearm baseball like delivery. I know the exact one. Oh man, that was that was high tower. High that tower. Was, was that was Sorry? high yeah. tower, and he yeah. threw it. He threw it over him like uh, like a sidearm. I would say dodgeball throw. We'll get into that later, Mo. But you know, I've I've uh, I've sort of sort of got my own patented throws there. So I don't know if he's been watching the Australian uh, actually <laughs> Australian you know, dodgeball team. People think we, we we went on a tangent, but if we go back to the two questions I asked, we sort of stopped at the great sporting moments without getting to your personal sporting claim to fame. So on on the Mahal, uh, yes, the dodgeball like throw. So let's get that in before we get back to um more Kansas City Chiefs. So tell us about about your um sporting. Uh, well, look, it's not a mainstream sport by any stretch. You know, it's it's an it's a niche sport, uh, but we we are looking to gain notoriety. Yeah, so I do play. My my dominant sport is dodgeball. I've um, I've played a few sports before that. Dabbled in footy, uh, tennis. You know. The sport's probably not worth mentioning, uh, cricket maybe. But, uh, yeah, I've chosen, chosen to, what do you call it, chosen to dig my heels in the dodgeball and I've been playing for um, 
quite a while now, better half of a decade, managed to make the Australian national team on a couple of occasions. So yeah, that's that's prob that's probably my uh, that's probably my sporting claim to fame, so to speak. Uh, yeah, so had a few flashes, snippets of me on the project, the Channel Ten or Win, depending on what state you're in. You know, their nightly show when they were featuring dodgeball as a sport. Yeah. Uh, obviously archived now, you know, I, I, I wouldn't know where to find it or find the link. We'll find it. We'll put it up on the, <laughs> on the podcast, um, Facebook uh, and the rest of the interwebs pages and people can have a look yeah. at some of your highlights yeah. with dodgeball. But how, how cool uh, is that? Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, actually being picked for regardless of sport, it's still representing your country and, you know, making the national team, that must have been really exciting. Mm. Oh, definitely. I mean, the first time around, it was still very much uh, a new sport. We were all relative sort of uh, neophytes to the game. So, you know, we obviously just played social league and I at that stage just so happened to be good enough that, you know, they just put my name on the list and I got to fly over to New Zealand. I think this was about 2013, 2014 and compete. Yeah, needless to say, we were very new. At that time, so we got our got our butts handed to us uh, quite convincingly. But you know, that's that's how you learn. That's how we took we took our lessons back, and you know, we've steadily improved. Uh, even though myself, you know, I haven't been as involved. The rest of the the rest of the Australian organisation, they've constantly improved, and we've been, of late been winning medals, consistently winning like bronze medals and pushing for that gold. So yeah, hopefully. Uh, fingers crossed we get it done soon awesome and yeah. Um, yeah, good luck to our Aussie um, you know national dodgeball team and hopefully we, we keep growing the sport and we get more involvement awesome stuff thanks for that so back back on our yeah. AFC stuff and let's let's give some props to Bill Belichick because oh. I'll leave a debate for another day about you know you know the whole chicken or the egg so is it is it Belichick or is it Brady but we'll, we'll leave that for another day but what Belichick does great on defense is he says, I know who your best weapons are and you're not going to beat me through your weapons. If you beat me using someone else and I, I cannot shut down everyone, then that's perfectly fine. So you, you bet that the Patriots throughout all of last week were, you know, scheming defensively on how to stop Travis Kelsey, who's probably, you know, the best tight end in football or at least top two. I mean, mm. I don't know if maybe Zach Ertz or, you know, Gronk, I don't think Gronk is in that conversation anymore given his health issues and he just, yeah. you know, he, he just not as big of a threat as he used to be. So, yeah. I mean, for mine, Kelsey's number one and Belichick and, and his defense have gone, okay, so you're not going to beat us through Travis Kelsey, who was targeted only five times all game and he had three receptions for 23 yards. So very sort of quiet numbers right? The other one, obviously, Tyreek Hill, who had this big catch. Uh, 45 a, yards. Yeah, for those 40, I think 42 yards, it was something like that. And, and 42 that, yards, sorry. Right? And so, yeah, you know, and the thing is, they have that many weapons. You weren't going to stop everyone. So, Sammy Watkins had only four receptions, but he averaged about 28 or 29 yards each, you know, and he had a long reception yeah. for 50, 54 yards, and they had a couple of screen passes for, I think, Demarcus Robinson or Damien Williams that uh, you know, sort of got him, got him mm. through to the to, to the end zone. I think Damian Williams had a couple of touchdowns where it was a screen pass, and he just sort of ran down the sideline, um, right? So again, yeah, did. Um, uh, you know, Bill Bill Belichick saying 
no run game, and if you're going to beat me, it's not going to be with Kelsey or um, uh, or Tyree Kill. And and that's Hill. what they do, right? Like very situational. They adapt to their team that that that, that they're playing, and that's what makes them, you know, probably now the greatest dynasty in the history of American football. And you know what is this now? Nine Super Bowl appearances since. Since Nine Super Bowls yeah, since uh, 2000, 2001, I'd say. Yeah. It's just amazing, right? Like, it's, yeah. it's ridiculous. No, it's unheard of. <laughs> it just... I mean, I mean, if you were to try to compare it to sort of any other... Uh, let's just go with American sports. You know, NBA, obviously, everybody knows the 80s Celtics and Lakers or the 90s Bulls, you know, is the most complete dynasty maybe you have the golden state warriors of late but i mean none of those dynasties have lasted you know any more than a decade i'd say it has it to say none of them had lasted up to a decade you know with Fort jordan's bulls maybe going from 91 to sort of 98 99 that's still only nine years right so yeah i mean none of them have lasted past a decade um especially in a you know, salary cap sort of sport Mm. You know, if you're comparing with that, uh, so, you know, for the NFL, for, for the NFL, which is a hard salary cap, it's so hard to sort of uh, repay your players and get, give everyone market value as well as retaining talent. You know, it's constantly, you have to be, you have to be getting half of your talent through the draft and for Belichick and co to do that and to have Tom Brady at the helm in, in the game and, you know, controlling and working with for weapons he's given for, yeah, now it's going on for well, 18 years, you would say. So Mate, it's just amazing yeah. how they continue to reinvent themselves. Uh, absolutely right. And, you know, probably show, show our age a little bit, at least mine. So that they won their first one, I was 13, probably 13 and a <laughs> month. And I'm 30 now. Yeah. And... They're yeah. still going. <laughs> Tom Brady's still there. Bill Belichick's still there. They've, you know, they've been the constants in, in my life, even though I don't support them. And and my team, which <laughs> we, might, we might get to in a different podcast. I won't reveal them just yet. And they don't even play in the same conference as <laughs> Patriots. So, but you know, um, it is what it is. And yeah, just um, absolutely, absolutely phenomenal. And you know, again, great season by Kansas City. And you know, Andy Reid's a great coach. And it shows him sort of moving up to, to pick Pat Mahomes. I think that's really paid off. And I think they've still got the weapons to compete for the next few years. I, I don't think oh. they'll go away anytime soon. We'll find the Kansas City Chiefs back in the AFC Championship game next year for mine, barring any, any injuries, obviously. But, yeah, I, I, think oh, they have, sure. I think they have what they need. They've just come up against, you know, you know the greatest one-two punch in, in the NFL. And, you know, people yeah. who you know, have done this so many times that they just know how to beat you. With that said, with that said, it takes me to my pet peeve about NFL and something that happened in this game, and that is ending the game on a touchdown in overtime when the other team uh, has not had a chance to respond, right? Ah, uh, yes, um, I saw you. I saw your post, yes. I was, I was, I mean, to be honest, it, it was a great game, right? And in the fourth quarter, they were going back and forth the whole time. Mahomes was taking the ball down the field just as easily as Brady was. All right. And, you know, I think Max Kellerman actually on Twitter, when, before it even happened, he said, this game is about to be decided 
on a coin toss. And it is, that is exactly what happened. A coin toss decided the game because I think if the, the, it had flipped the other way and Kansas City were receiving, I think they would have marched down and scored first. So I don't know. There are different options to do this and I'll, I'll hear your thoughts in a second. And if you can take off your new England hat for, for a bit, um, when, when, when that's happening, cause you know, one day it's for you, the next day it'll be against you when it, when it comes to this stuff. But I think uh, yeah. sort, of the, sort of the simplest way is if a team scores a touchdown on their first sort of drive, then the other team should have the right to, sort of respond, I guess, or take take the um, ball and try to drive themselves to go the other way. There are other opinions like playing the whole um, 10 or 15 minutes of the of overtime. Just, you know, just play the whole thing. Like it's a normal extra quarter um, and play and play football. Um, so there's a few ways around it, but I just don't think it's fair that the other team's quarterback did not get a chance to touch the ball and uh, try and um, even this game up. What do you think? Yeah, I mean... Um yeah, to a lot of your points, I mean, speaking strictly objectively, obviously I'm thankful that the rule's there because I, I feel the same way that you do and that a lot of your audience would, that the way the game was going, you know, there were touchdowns rife. Um, Kansas City would have no doubt went down and scored. You know, they, they just, you just can't, just can't deny Mahomes the chance and I guess, I guess that's what it came down to, a technicality. But, I mean, on face value, they did explain it before – well, at the coin toss, actually. Um, so they explained the start of the period, you know, each, oh, each team will get up yeah. with, um, and, yeah. And, you know, like I'm not even saying change that rule in the regular season, right? Because I guess, sorry, that was the other option that I forgot to mention. People are saying just either just change it for the playoffs and in the regular season, keep it as is. If a team scores a touchdown, they win. If a team you know, doesn't score on the first drive, the other team scores, they win. If a team scores a field goal, the other team gets to respond, you know, like the normal rules. But for the playoffs, I just think there's too much on the line. There's too much happening not to give the other team the chance to attack. It it sort of reminds me of when, you know, football, uh, football as in soccer football, introduced the golden goal um, for a while there in in the sort of the 2000s. And I remember in, in Euros where France, I remember Trezeguet actually scored a goal and they beat Italy in a semi-final, something like that. I think it was in, you know, Euro 2000. In my memory, you know. Was it four um, or six? Um, sorry? I, I can't remember which ones. Now, it would have been six then. The Euros would have been six. Because um, yeah, they, the they, they won the World Cup in 98, yeah. and then they played the Euro in 2000, um, which I think, okay, yeah. I think they won that. But I still remember, like, the golden goal that Trezeguet scored against um, Italy, right? And, you know, you go, well, wait a second. Like, it's, I, I think given what's at, what's, um, at stake, it's just too, too sudden death. And, and, you know, soccer's gone away from that now. You just play the two 15-minute the two periods like a normal half. And, you know, so, and, and then the game goes on. So I'm just having a really quick look now. And, yeah, so France beat Italy 2-1. And Trezeguet scored yep. in the 103rd minute, right? Ooh. And that, actually, that was the yeah, final. That's that's yeah. my bad. So that was the final. And in the semi-final, they beat Portugal 2-1 and Zidane scored a penalty. I still remember that, actually. Um, there's a guy who handballed on the goal line. Uh, he oh. the colour his hair real yellow. I forget his name, but I'll find it. And Zidane scored the penalty. Uh, so, you know, again, uh, well. soccer moved away from that. 
And, um, you know, I think I think they should think, think of something for the playoffs because, yeah, I really think... I think, um, yeah, no. I think after this year, after today's events and, like, especially given the situation of it, you know, Kansas City being the offensive powerhouse that it is, it would have no doubt scored. I think it's happened a few times now of late in very pivotal games. Uh, if you want to take it back to the last time this happened... Patriots were then were there again. It was the uh, like I mentioned, uh, my favorite sporting memory, the fifty first uh, Super Bowl yes. against Atlanta. Yes, you know we won the coin toss. Mm-hmm. The exact same events transpired. We sent in uh, Slater to do the coin toss, called heads. It was heads. He said quite clearly, "We'll take the ball." Gave Tom Brady possession, and he didn't look back. Yeah, you know, uh, White went in. Scored the winning touchdown. Yeah. Uh, ran in for the winning touchdown. So yeah. that, that's that's one. And today makes two uh, with the same team. So you know if there's if there's a league conspiracy, uh, as so many Patriot supporters <laughs> uh, like to believe, if there's a league conspiracy against us, which I'm sure there is, there's a lot of yeah. angst going around the league. Yeah, yeah of course. Uh, memes, memes, memes galore uh, against the Patriots. Um, if you go on Facebook or uh, or even Nigag or Reddit. <laughs> yeah, so if if the if it's true if it's true to if it's true to what we believe, the Commissioner Roger Goodell, who isn't is no fan of the Patriots by any stretch, um he will he will have a look at changing the rule soon to uh to sort of block our block our chances in future. Yeah, and I think you know what happens there, the owners have to approve any rule changes, don't they? So you know, I think, yeah. I think but, but you know, I mean, funnily enough about, about conspiracy theories, etc. want to have a laugh. So this is a, like a very, you know, I guess, um, odd stat, which, you know, doesn't really mean much. It's still funny. Tom Brady is three and O when it comes to coin tosses in overtime in the playoffs and Aaron Rodgers is zero and three. So yeah. Whatever, whatever that means, let it mean. And we'll talk about my, my favourite player some other day in, in, in A-Rod, who's, oh. you know, absolutely the most amazing talent of a quarterback that I've ever seen. Um, this guy. I'm, I'm glad you qualified that, Mo. I'm this, glad you qualified that. Uh, absolutely re- remarkable guy. And, I mean, oh, we'll, we'll talk about the, the pack and hopefully, you know, when we do the preseason stuff for the NFL you know, which is always exciting. We'll, we'll discuss them later in the year. But, yeah, I just found that stat a bit funny. But, you know, we've, we've spent a lot of time talking um, AFC. We've got about yeah. 10 minutes or so. Um, but, you know, you, you tend to lose track of time when you're having fun. Let's, let's switch our oh, attention we, over to, to the NFC and the Patriots' um, uh, adversaries, I guess. Um, the yep. Los Angeles Rams. But can I just say before we get in, this was the most blatant non-call pass interference that I have ever seen yeah. watching NFL. I mean, these guys call a handshake um, pass interference and they throw flags if, if you watch them in the regular season. And how this one did not get called at all is beyond me. Mm-hmm. Did, did you get a chance to see that? Oh, absolutely. I know the play you're talking about. It was, uh, I think it was late in the fourth, was it not? Yeah, absolutely. Or, yeah, it was late, it was late in the fourth. Um, you know, the, the Saints, the Saints were going down for their winning drive 
uh, this would ice it essentially. Yeah, well, because they were up, made a right? session game. They yeah. were leading anyway. They were, they were up by three. Mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah, then they didn't call it. And this is every single supporters. It doesn't matter what sport you follow. It's every single supporters worst nightmare. It's putting the game in the hands of the refs. And, um, and you know, you hate to see it happen. It did happen. If you, on this, on this occasion, I can't remember the, I can't remember the secondary's name, uh, the player's name, but uh, he didn't even make a play on the ball. All he did was literally, he just rammed into, rammed into, I can't remember which receiver it was, but the Saints receiver just basically so, took so, him out, took yeah, his the, shoes out. The secondary, and, um, like, that was Roby Coleman. Right, yeah. he's the one who, Coleman. Yeah, right. he didn't even look at the ball. And you know, the funny thing is, like, if you look at the, the sort of the trajectory of that ball, if he had turned his head and made a play at it, he would have had an interception. Like, it was actually not the yeah. best thrown pass by Breeze, and it would have definitely yeah. been been inter- intercepted. Um, but yeah. this guy had no eyes on anything other than the yeah. receiver. He went straight for the receiver, yeah. hit him. And the ref was there and the official was there. And I do not understand how he didn't call it. And, and what's worse is after the game, they go to Sean Payton and say, we missed it. Dude. Like. It's too late. It's yeah. ridiculous. It's, That's, too late. It's, it's bullshit, really. It's not on. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, um, and this is where, you know, you want to bring back the rule change to the um, conversation. I think the NFL, you know, they're, they're trying to do a lot, bring in new rule changes every year uh, to sort of progress the game. I think they should take a page out of the AFL's book mm-hmm. and uh, sort of bring in the chopping the hands rule or, you know, where the, the, actual, the actual defensive player has to make a uh, play on the ball. Otherwise, it's just an automatic free kick or, in this case, it's an automatic, um, automatic first down and, you know, um, first down at the spot of the foul. Wherever it is, yeah, because I mean, yeah, these these mm-hmm. these these secondary plays is is where the game hangs in the balance, and you know you need to um, yeah you need to take it out of the refs' hands, uh, you know, make it a clear and concise rule, not up for interpretation. Um, Absolutely, and you know what? It's actually you, you bring up a good point. It's actually reminded me of a play um, in that game where pretty much Breeze threw the ball up. It was up for grabs, right, and. Mm. One thing a lot of these NFL players don't do, which I think AFL or footy players do, is sort of you, you sort of high, high point the ball in a way. So, like, you, you, you check where it's going to be and you go out and, and as we say, you take a mark, right? So, you extend your, your arms and you go and you grab the ball, whereas a lot of the NFL players, um, either if they're sort of safeties or cornerbacks, they don't tend to make a play on the ball. Um, they want to try and go and jump and sort of take a chest mark with not much of a lead yeah. and usually yeah. they're, they're a lot smaller than the receivers they're up against. So you're never going to win that sort of contest. And I always wonder why yeah. they don't go up and um, actually try to contest the ball uh, to, to knock it down even. Cause a lot of times um, instead of just batting it, they're going for the catch. And the thing is you, you're looking at a five eleven or a six foot um, if, if that even um, safety or cornerback against a receiver who's over six foot and you're going to lose that every time. And, yeah, you know, so, I mean, that, I, f- I forget who it was, but that's one thing I saw during the game as well, which um, I thought, you know what, they could learn some of our skills too. But quickly on the Rams, yeah. if, if they want to win and we, we'll do sort of a Super Bowl preview 
next next week, hopefully. They need to find themselves a run game because, you know what, I was absolutely livid and now I guess my allegiances are going to show that CJ Anderson was like a bowling ball through my Dallas Cowboys last week. And this week they had 26 yep. carries for 77 yards total. Gurley was nowhere to be seen and they hardly did anything on the run game. And I'm like, you guys couldn't have this game last week? I mean, this is ridiculous. So where, where did it all go? So if they want to beat the yeah. Patriots, they want to deny Tom Brady the ball. They want to reduce the time of possession that the New England Patriots are going to have. They need to find themselves a run game, and which was really lacking against the Saints. And, you know, they got away with it because of that call. And then their, their um, kicker just, you know, got them out of trouble. He made some bombs. He hit a 57-yarder. Yep. I think as well. Oh, oh Sirloin. Sirloin was um, yeah. was my my star kicker in my fantasy team. Um, Is that right? Yeah, he, he he killed it for me. Yeah, he killed it for me the first three rounds and basically copped a knee or a foot injury that sent him out for the rest of the regular season, which which you know was pretty devastating for me. But yeah, he's he's amazing. You know, yeah. that's that's why he's so consistent. That's yeah. why he gets paid. That's a clutch, uh, like top five for um, yeah for for a kicker because he does that he he basically kicked that game winning attempt so I think it was like fifty seven or fifty eight yards against the wind um, like it was nothing you know it went straight through the sticks and it had had more time to spare I think Jared Goff said in the post game that uh, it could have gone for seventy and it really could have um, so yeah that's I mean that that was amazing by Zerloin. Uh, but yeah, you're right, Mo. With the with the running game, you know they obviously. I think Todd Gurley is carrying some sort of an injury, and he has been for yeah, a while now. Uh, he picked up a picked up a knock, picked up a knock uh, late in the season, uh, which dashed like everybody's fantasy hopes. Uh, being the last couple of weeks, uh, yeah. finals in fantasy terms, but um, yeah, and he's been carrying it ever since. So it was a good pickup getting CJ Anderson last week and, you know, much to the chagrin of uh, any Dallas fans out there. Uh, I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, he, he, he had the game of his life then and for whatever reason, they just, uh, they stacked, basically they stacked the line against him this week and uh, he wasn't as much of a factor. But yeah, you're right. I mean, the running game, even if Goff um, does the run pass option, mm. you know, that, that they like to do, they like to do a lot of RPOs in that um, in that McVay Sean McVay offense. Even if he had to go out and run a few yards, that, that's an option just to open it up a bit. But yes, a rushing yeah. game is paramount. You got to yeah, mix it up against important. the Patriots because um, you know because we all know what Belichick's going to do, right? They're going to take away one of my favorite receivers. I hope uh, you know who I'm talking about from the Rams. He had seven catches, 107 yards, killed it. Ex Saint actually. Brandon Cooks. I might, right. so, might have an idea. Yeah. Yeah. Brandon. and uh, expatriate. Expatriate too. Absolutely. So, yeah. 100%. Yeah. He uh, he was in our he was in our um, pretty sure he was in our um, our team uh, last year and uh, I don't know if he was he, he was in I think he was in our Super Bowl win against Atlanta but he didn't play much of a factor but still yeah very much a great great. Uh, talented wide receiver. He's it's it's between him, Robert Woods, and unluckily for the Rams, they used to have Cooper Cup. Yeah, Cooper uh, Cup. That, that was a big yeah. loss for them, but they've still done well to yeah. um, to advance. And with, and just lastly on the Saints, before we wrap up for today, um, you know, 
great season. You know, Drew Brees, Hall of Famer, amazing work. Uh, You're not going to win on 21 carries for 48 yards. I mean, you have to give uh, them something in the run game. And takes me to my next question. Like, is Kamara a running back or is he a receiver? Because, you know, <laughs> did nothing in, in the run game, had 11 catches for 96 yards. And I know that, you know, they like to sort of have him wheel out from, from the back, backfield and give that option because, you know, he can beat linebackers in the flat, right? I mean, he's too quick for them. You know, by the time yeah. he does his um, option, I think yeah. they give him option routes. Depends where the leverage is. He sort of goes the other way. Um, and, you know, maybe they still, yeah. you know, build him from there. But I think, you know, Ingram didn't give you much. They need some f- sort of running back support for Breeze, who isn't getting any younger. Um, do something similar to what the Patriots yeah. did with Sonny Michel, taking a running back in you know, 31st pick, which, which is, as you yeah. said, very rare. Because, yeah, you know, it's not about making the playoffs for Drew Brees. I think they really need that second Super Bowl too. I mean, his legacy is cemented, but, you know, having two Super Bowl rings, I think, will just lift him up. And, you know, yeah. but having that Peyton, mean, Peyton yeah. Manning conversation all of a sudden as well, right? So, yeah, I don't, I don't know what you thought about their yeah, running game, no, how they use Kamara. I think, um, I, think you, I think you're right. I mean, you know, the, the key to the mark of a good running back and uh, draw back to fantasy. I had two of the best this year. I had Zeke Elliott and um, Zeke. Yeah, good old, good old, good old Zeke. You know the one from the Giants, the rookie. Oh, I just can't remember his name now. Saquon Barkley. It's been so long. Yeah, Saquon Barkley. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, if you look at those guys, they you give them anywhere. You give them any sort of route, wheel routes. You know, if they do, you want them to do jump cuts. If you want them to stop and. Uh, wait for the wait for the seam to sort of open up. They they what they do is what you want every running back to do. They drive they drive after contact, and you know they fight like hell for those extra yards. And you know sometimes it it, it means that they occasionally break tackles and they run, they break for massive gains uh, yardage. And you know that's what you sort of want to see. I think in Kamara's Kamara's rookie season. Mm-hmm. He was a bit of a sort of a revelation, and that's yeah. that's, that's what he did. Uh, his sophomore year, obviously, you know, teams can plan for you a bit more. But um, I think now playoff time. I mean, you shouldn't really, yeah, you shouldn't really be leaving anything in the tank. So you know, and Sean Payton's a great. Um, Sean Payton's a Hall of Fame offensive coordinator slash coach. So you know, he should really be scheming better for Kamara, who's mm-hmm. very talented. And has all the physical attributes to, um, to get open and sort of make yeah. make more of an impact. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, look, still, you know, not knocking him for his receiving game. That was, his, you know, he had a great game there, but you know, he's he's a running back, and just the rushing game wasn't there for them. Yeah. Um, I do, I do love yeah. his. The, you know, the grill that he has, the gold grills. Um, on, <laughs> yeah. on you've always been a fan of the blink, mate. Oh, you've mate. always been a fan um, of the blink. Loving, loving the blink. Um, live, I live. I live through uh, those because you know that's not something I'd ever do myself. But um, yeah, yeah. Look, yeah. it's going to be an exciting Super Bowl, I think, and hopefully we can do a Super Bowl special before the game. Super Bowl will be in two weeks. It'll be in February next week. They'll have off um, to to rest and recover. Yeah, which is one thing I, I like about the NFL. You know. It's a grueling season. Just give these guys a couple of weeks to really make sure you have the best that you can out there. And yeah, need to be a spectacle. Yeah, absolutely. And it's going to be in Atlanta, Mercedes-Benz Stadium, which is an absolute 
you know, work of art. That thing looks absolutely amazing. So should be a yeah. fun. Yeah, Matt Ryan would be the saltiest guy on earth right now, <laughs> I would say. Well, I mean, it's not like they I had mean, a season this year at all, you know. It's, um, yeah. They weren't, they weren't going to come back. Yeah, that being said, yeah. Mm. I mean, he, he, he did just appear in a Super Bowl like two years ago. And to have it played in your backyard, oh, I'd feel for the guy. But, I mean, you know, it's sort of shown that he's not that effective of a quarterback without a superstar offensive coordinator. But no, uh, that's that's a topic for a different day. And look, um, you know, just I'll, I'll end on this. Um, you know, Cam Newton, been to one. Matt Ryan has been to one. I guess Russell Winston, uh, Russell Wilson has been to a couple. Who's the one constant in all of these Super Bowls? Right, it's my man, EB twelve. Your man, EB twelve, bro. You know, and, that's and right. On, on that, thank you very much, Jensen. For um for being our um, guest, I hope um you had as much fun as I did today. Absolutely, and you know, Mo, always a pleasure chatting sports with you. And uh, yeah, it's great that you know we can finally put the mic on and start recording our our golden conversations. So absolutely, and hopefully, yeah, we'll um set some time to do a Super Bowl special. And thank you everyone for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed our first podcast. And if you have any feedback or comments or anything you'd like to share with us you can find us on facebook instagram and twitter um just look for mo and friends sports podcast and yeah look forward to having a chat with everyone and we'll see you all next week for episode two